Kindergarten through fifth grade, make your way to the front for your class. Those who are three, four, and five-year-olds, make your way to the back to join your teachers who will take you down to where you're going to hold your lesson for today. Wow, I got to tell you, I really thought we'd be down in numbers today, but this is told Caleb, oh, you won't have as many kids today. Caleb, you have a lot of kids today. (laughs) I thought, oh, spring break. I know there's a lot of our families are doing some traveling, so we're praying up uh, their safety and and just, uh, and and for everybody to to enjoy this week ahead uh, with kids in spring break. And and, uh, uh, it, it is a good opportunity for families, so hopefully you're planning on it, maybe even a little something with your kids and enjoy this week. Uh, this is probably not the good way to start it, is Zephaniah chapter 2, but that's where we are. <laughs> and it, I, can I be honest with you? This is a weighty sermon. This is heavy. And uh, I, I don't know what it is, man, before I walked up here. I feel the burden of this sermon. And so I want to start by praying. Let's go before God. Father in heaven, I praise you, Lord, that that. Together in this building, we recognize you as, as the one and only God, uh, the true God who created, who has uh, brought to us such a salvation through Jesus. Father, we, we love your word. We want to honor your word by not only reading it and, and, and talking about it, but Father, we want to, to live your word, to learn from your word, and have it absolutely... <laughs> Be, be breath to us, something that we live by every day, and it builds our relationship with you. How important is that? God, we love you, and we pray that you strengthen us today in your word. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we're, in, we're definitely in troubling times, right? And, and uh, matter of fact, earlier this week, if I, I don't know what you're doing, trouble times. Some sometimes you just want to leave the radio off or TV. I don't want to hear any news anymore. You know that you get. I get to that place sometimes. I need to have a day or something, or, or maybe even two away from it. But it was within this week that that there was um, a news conference and Biden responded. And I think he's responding to the pressure from both parties to do more about what's taking place. Uh, in, in Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. And uh, his response was something sobering. He said, uh, basically, the parties were, were, you know, kind of putting pressure on him to be more involved, to do something more uh, on behalf of the Ukrainian people. And, and uh, his response was, you know, our involvement, that's World War III. And so... You know, and that, that just, that, that is a sobering thought. You know, we've, we've gone through a lot in the past couple of years. And, and now the conflict's there and, and things don't get better here. And I, I don't know, I don't know where you are in, in looking at the world and its circumstances. But I know all my life, whenever there was troubles and difficulties, where the church would go and the questions would be, the book of Revelation, Right. Let's go, well, what does Revelation say? Let's look, let's, 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 what, what, what's going to happen? Because we want to know what's going to happen. The, the people we've been talking about in the past couple of weeks was the people of Judah whose nation was in decline and, and they were in serious trouble. They were in serious trouble. 
that, that boy King Josiah revealed the word and they found out, man, yeah, there's trouble on the way. And Zephaniah writes or, or Zephaniah brings about the word of the Lord and guess where the people of Judah were turning. Just like we would to Revelation, they were turning to Josiah, the prophet's words. They wanted to know what is coming. Matter of fact, I didn't read this last week. We were in chapter 1. And, and uh, absolutely what chapter 1 was, yeah, there is coming destruction. Because of sinfulness, there's coming destruction. Here's how it was laid out in, in verses, uh, beginning in verse 15. It says, that day will be a day of wrath. A day of distress and anguish, a day of trouble and ruin, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, a day of, a day of trumpet and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the corner towers. I will bring such distress on all people that they will grope about like those who are blind because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood will be poured out like dust and their entrails like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. Okay, the prophet is writing down the words of the Lord and this is what's coming. Heaviness. Oh, oh man. And, and the idea now... God, what do you want us to do would be part of that question. And, and I, I, I have to admit that there had to be some people uh, in, in Judah who, who were humble and, and who wanted to hear what the Lord had to say, but there were probably those who were just not concerned at all about what, what Zephaniah had to say on behalf of the Lord. They weren't concerned. You know, they were a big part of those idolaters or been involved in that idolatry. Uh, even after Josiah was trying to wake up this nation. The verse that I would like us to look at, in, in, in chapter 1, it is all about declaration. This is what's coming. But in chapter 2, it gets to the place of saying, hey, I admonish you, or here, I want to teach you what you need to do. So let's read the first three verses of chapter 2 after, after this, this uh, uh, sobering message of this destruction is coming. Here's what verse 1 says. Gather together. Gather yourselves together, you shameful nation. Before the decree takes effect and that day passes like windblown chaff. I believe that means it's going to come and it's, it's going to come quickly. Before the Lord's fierce anger comes upon you. Before the day of the Lord's wrath comes upon you. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land. You who do what he commands, seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. That's, that's the gist of, of a message. That's the message that the Lord has for those, as it says, who humble, who are humbling themselves and are wanting to hear this message. Uh, here, here's the message about God's wrath. Uh, well, first of all, God's wrath is not something that you want to face. That the creator of all things, creator of you, creator, creator of the world around us, the wrath of God is not something we want to face. But 
what we understand even through Paul in the New Testament is that God's wrath is working in this world today. I believe God's wrath, well, I believe, actually, Scripture states it. Uh, if you know and familiar with Romans chapter 1, verse 18, God's wrath is, is being displayed in this world today. Here's what, here's what Paul said in Romans 1, 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of, of, of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. This is what's happening. If we want to say, well, what's wrong with the world? Why so much hurt, pain? Why, why war? Why plague? Why all? And I would tell you, absolutely is because of ignoring God. It is absolutely because of the wickedness of humanity who turns their back upon the God who created all things. Uh, and, and you think, well, the wickedness being poured out, what, what does that mean? He, he is, he is uh, he, what, what he's done is he stepped back. Because later on in, in Romans chapter 1, it says, what, what did he do? Well, he uh, stepped aside. He, he allowed for them to, uh, to, to live out their sexual, uh, our sinful desires, their, their shameful lust. And he turned them over. The word is turned them over to their depravity. What, what are we living in this world? The difficulties of this world is, the, uh, uh, is basically the consequences of God turning us over to those things. And that's the action of God. That's his wrath being poured out in this world. I, I want to talk to you this morning because I think from Zephaniah, especially these three chapters, and we'll even talk a little bit more about the rest of the chapter. There's some details there. I think it's important for us. But, but I want to know and I want you to know what, what are some facts that we need to know concerning God's wrath? What are some facts that we need to know concerning God's wrath? Uh, first of all, the only way to face the wrath of God, the only way to face the wrath of God is to seek God. Is to seek God. And that, that was verse 3. Verse 3. He said, before God pours out his wrath, before all these things come and happen, and, and it's going to be a matter of years yet, that, that, that the Judah and Jerusalem are going to fall to Babylon. It's going to be destroyed. People are going to be wiped out. Many people are going to be taken into captivity. It's several years before that. And, and what Zephaniah says, before all those things take place, seek the Lord. Seek God. And, and, and let me tell you what, uh, you can't hide from God. Uh, it's, it's great advice. You can't hide from God. You can't run from God. You can't run from his wrath. Well, I, I know there's a lot of people who are moving from different locations because things are getting bad, maybe on the East Coast or West Coast, and, and so there are people who are relocating. A lot of moving going on. But the truth is you cannot run from God's wrath. You'll never be able to hide from God's wrath. The, the best advice you have is the one who's going to spill out his wrath, seek him, come to know him, pursue him. That, that, that is the best advice we have when we see the things of, of God's wrath working in this world. Uh, Josiah is a great example for the people of Judah. To go back to 2 Chronicles, that, that 34th chapter, read it again. Just to read about Josiah and what he did. Remember that at age 16, he made that personal decision to seek the Lord. Uh, again, that, that wasn't just amongst other things. That was... 
He made a commitment to seek after the God of his fathers, the God of, of, of David, who, King David, who was in his line, his family line. And he made that person a decision not to pursue the gods of other nations, not to pursue the idolatrous ways of his, his grandfather and his father. He, he was going to pursue the one true God. That was his decision at age 16. Later on, he, he uh, uh, then, then moved forward with that by, by removing the idolatry out of his kingdom. And at 26, it was that uncovering uh, of, or, or that the decision to go and, and restore the temple where, where they would worship the Lord. And, and when they entered into that temple, of course, they found the law. And, and so, so Josiah had it read before him. And when he heard those words, what was his reaction? His reaction wasn't to roll it up and let's put it back into the temple, act like we never found it. Those words are hard and difficult. It wasn't that at all, was it? It was, it, was, it was absolutely to pay attention. Against Here's someone who's seeking after God. It was to pay attention to his words. And he read the words of condemnation and the judgment, inevitable judgment that's coming upon them because of their pursuit of other gods. Words that God had laid out a long time ago. The words that God is going to stay true to. And so Josiah, and instead of running and, and hiding the word and, and just acting like he never saw it, he, he, he tore his clothing and he pursued the prophetess to say, hey, what do we do? What's going to happen? And she confirmed it. The Lord says, destruction's coming. Destruction's coming. Part of that is just to brace and, and, and face the, the truth. I, God's wrath is working in this world. And how many people have you ran into that, that is so quick to blame God? God's causing all, all the troubles. God's causing the plague. God's causing uh, all, all these things. The only way God's causing it is he stepped aside and let humanity do its thing. And its sinfulness and its lust and its depravity. Welcome to the consequences. And it's heavy. And it's heavy. It also says, you know, just as Josiah did, he sought after the Lord, but he said, he said to those people who are going to face this, this destruction, he said, seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, you who do what he commands. What is it to seek the Lord? Seek righteousness, seek humility. That, that's also Josiah. If we go back there, what, what else did Josiah do? He brought the the law out before the people, and he read it before them so they would hear it. And then he reestablished the, uh, the covenant between God and the people. Here's, here's the words that were shared, in, again, out of uh, uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 34. This is verse 31. It said, the, the king Josiah stood by his pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands, statutes, and decrees, with all his heart and with all his soul, and to obey the words of the covenant written in this book. Well, what, what is it to, to pursue righteousness? <clears throat> what is it to pursue God's righteousness? I think, I think Josiah was absolutely doing it, turning to the word that was his words, what God spoke, and to follow with, and did you hear that part? With all his heart and with all his soul. 
to follow after his word. Oh man, we want to hold this scripture as precious and as dear to us. And, and, and our recommendation in, in pursuing God and seeking after God, that it's going to be embracing his word, coming to know it. I know it's a big book. How many of you are reading it? Uh, taking in parts. Uh, you look at it that way, as, that it's very large, but there's 66 books in here. How easy it would be to, to take just one book at a time and absorb it and to read it. I appreciate there's, there's a few uh, here this morning that are committed to, to memorization of the scriptures. It challenges me because, uh, man, I, I did that a while back. My brain does not function. You know, me and names. And then memorize scripture. Uh, but I, I could quote some. But, but stumble over it. My encouragement is, man, memorize it. Take it to heart. At least take the very thought and, and the directives into your heart and live according to his word. Live according to his word. That is, that's the direction of righteousness. The example was set by Jesus. In those gospels, we are able to read about him. And that humility, what is humility but to accept who God is? To, to humbly accept that God is in charge. To humbly accept that God, when he brings his words, and we see that we've broken it, that, to know that he is God and he could do exactly what he says he's going to do. If he says he's going to bring condemnation and judgment upon us, you could guarantee it's going to take place. It ought to strike fear in us. It ought to cause us to move and change and become what, what he wants us to be. Or, or if it's a blessing, and we know blessings because of Jesus. I want, I want, amongst all the heaviness, I want to say, because we know Jesus, we know blessings. We know, we know the forgiveness. We know of, of what is absolutely coming to those who are faithful and who seek and pursue God through Jesus Christ. Oh man, the promises are wonderful. It's what we hold and embrace to. It, even in the midst of the troubles in this world. Before I, I, I go to another point, I want, I want to point out that seeking God is something that we do together. We don't do this individually. We do this together. How important is this? How important is to build relationships with one another? I, I, I'm talking brothers and sisters connected uh, through Jesus Christ. How important is that? The design is his. To call us together, to be encouragers of one another, to even challenge one another and correct one another and be at peace with one another. I want to let you know that is so important. Within those three verses, even beginning in verse 1, what does he say? Gather together. Gather yourselves together. And in verse 3, the plural that, that form that's used in verse 3 actually lays out that we do the thing of seeking the Lord together. We, we seek righteousness. We do that together. Humility. We do that together. It wasn't long ago that I, I prayed over the congregation just for our, our repentance. And even more so, I think we ought to do that a whole lot more. Don't you? Man, coming before the Lord humbly. Coming before the Lord asking for his guidance, his leading, and, Lord, and, and even for his, the strength that we need each day, and, and, and Lord, to be an influence over this, wor this world. 
Listen, the only way to, to face God's wrath is, is by seeking after God, pursuing him, getting close to the one who's going to pour out that wrath. That seems uh, backwards, but that is absolutely what we need to do. A second fact about God's wrath is this. Finding shelter from God's wrath is a maybe. I need to explain that. Finding shelter from God's wrath is a maybe. Maybe you've already seen this, but here's what, here's what Zephaniah said in, in verse 3. Uh, the last part of verse 3 says, you know, after you seek righteousness and humility, it says, perhaps you will be sheltered. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. It's a, it's a maybe. He, he actually says, uh, God does not promise to the shelter. Uh, he promises not. He does not promise to shelter the faithful of Judah on the day of His wrath. There is no promise. There is no guarantee that you're going to make it through all the destruction that we read through in verse in chapter one. That's what, he's talking to the faithful. Uh, you know, there, there is actually a remnant that's mentioned in the, in the verses that follow, verse 4 through 15. Instead of reading all those verses, here's, here's the content you find in verses 4 through 15. It, he, he pronounces condemning judgment on the nations that surrounded Judah. Uh, to the west were the Philistines. You remember that name, Philistines, that's where Goliath is from. But in, in those verses, he describes the, the major cities in, in Philistia, how they are going to be emptied, overturned, and, and all the people removed from Philistia. Then you go to the west side, the west side, the Ammonites and the Moabites, and, and it, it pronounces destruction on them. Hey, the Moabites, you're going to be like Sodom, and, and Ammonites, you're going to be like Gomorrah. You remember what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the stones of fire and absolute destruction? Matter of fact, within the verses, it says that you're going to be a wasteland forever. And, and, and then look to the Cushites. One verse, that says, I'm going to bring my sword and slay you with my sword. To the south, Cushites, the Egyptians, that direction. And to the north, the Assyria. Assyria was that, that nation that took out Israel. And, but, but Assyria is already in decline. And, and what, what uh, God lays out for them is, hey, it, you're, that once great city in Assyria is going to be absolutely desolate. And it's going to be occupied by wild beasts. It's going to be occupied by wild beasts. All, so all the nations around are going to be destroyed. But within those verses, uh, between uh, verse 4 through 15, check out verse 7 and also verse 9. There's a mention of a remnant that will be returning of Judah. In verse 7, the land will belong to the remnant, a portion, a small portion of the people of Judah. So, the, hey, there's a remnant of Judah. There's some hope there amongst all the trub, troubles and, and destruction. There's going to be a remnant, remnant of Judah left. Uh, there will be, uh, there they will find pasture in the evening. They will lie down in the houses of Ashkelon. And, and it goes on. Uh, in Moab and, and Ammonites, the Moabites and Ammonites, there in that, in verse 9, he says, The remnant of my people will plunder them, and survivors of my nation will inherit their land. So there's, there's a bright light. There's going to be some who return. But the reality, the reality is, 
as God brings his judgment down as he said he would upon Judah for the idolatry, for the disobedience. Jerusalem's going to fall. The city's going to be destroyed. And and people are going to die and others are going to be taken into captivity. And, And amidst you, uh, those who are faithful, pursuing, and, and seeking after God, perhaps you will be sheltered, is, was the response. Perhaps you will be sheltered. The, the reality is many probably died in the destruction of Jerusalem, many of those faithful, and, and as well as many of those who were taken into captivity would not return. They would die in captivity. They spent many years in captivity before they returned. And, and, and so the, the, the truth is, man, that doesn't seem very promising. I, I want us to understand what Jesus said to the disciples. You know, he, he didn't promise them all kinds of wonderful things. He said, man, in this world, you will have trouble. You know, as, it, as this world hated me, it's going to hate you as well. Do you remember those words? And we think about all those who were faithful uh, before Jesus. What was the promise? Well, they found trouble. The uh, majority of them died a martyr's death. Only one uh, didn't die a martyr's death, but he was, he was exiled to the island of Patmos. And, and, and then we think throughout history, believers have not always had things easy. There are so many who have died because of their faith or suffered a lot of persecution because of their faith. Or gone through the difficulties. I believe the difficulties is very much uh, familiar with the, the troubles of this world. The, the wickedness has been poured out on this world from God. And, and we are, are in the midst of it. And, and as it rains on those who are wicked, it also rains. And the difficulties comes upon those who are righteous as well. I, th- I think about those recently and those we've been praying for, those in the Middle East who suffered all the, the, the difficulties and continue to suffer uh, because of their faith. Have you thought about the people uh, in the Ukraine? Are there brothers and sisters in Christ in Ukraine? I guarantee you there are. Have you been praying for them? I encourage us as a church to be praying for those who are facing tremendous difficulties from a from a, a a, a nation that is, you know, invading them right now. So pray for them. Um, to think, you know, what can we do? It, it's definitely prayer. But what, what if some circumstance, you know, I couldn't help but think, what if some circumstance happened like that, that my home was taken away, I'm losing family members, I have nowhere you know, I have, I, have a, I have one bag and I'm carrying it. I, I can't imagine myself in those circumstances. Is it possible? Is it possible we would ever face such difficulties? Part of that is prayer, you know. Hey, God, shelter us. But there is no promises in this world. There's, there's no promises from God that in this world we're going to be saved from every trouble. I think we can be saved from trouble. I think that's why we pray. But there is no promise, no guarantee that we could be saved from, from trouble. Here's the thought that I had in that. That Jesus, on that night he was betrayed, was in the garden. He was alone with that cup. What, what did Jesus pray? Oh, God, shelter me. It wasn't that, but it was, hey, God, you know, if it be your will, please remove this cup from me. I, I don't want to go through this. 
I don't want to go through this. I don't want to go through such suffering. I don't want to be separated from you because of sinfulness. And, and, but what did he say? But it's not according to my will. It's your will be done, right? That, that's Jesus. That's our Savior who went to the cross so willingly. And, and we're asked to live in this world. We're asked to live in this world where there is wickedness and sinfulness. And God is going to continue to allow these things to, to happen and take place. It is absolutely the wrath of God. And there's going to be hurts and pains. And he's asking the church to run into it, not away from it. He's asking the church to run into it, to be a part of it, to be a message, to deliver a message into this world. Because the final fact is this about God's wrath. The, posi- the positive end result of God's wrath is worship. The positive end result of God's wrath working in this world is worship. In verse 11, I want to show you what I mean. Verse 11, just real quickly. The, verse 11 says, the Lord will be awesome to them. Okay, just talking about the Moabites and Ammonites, you're going to be desolate, you're going to be a wasteland. But then in verse 11 it says, the Lord will be awesome to them. That, that doesn't sound as harsh as it can be, because that same word could be translated terrifying. The Lord will be terrifying to them. I mean, that, that's what brings them into awe of, of God's fierce anger is over them. And... Uh, it goes on to say, when, when he destroys all the gods of the earth, he is going to be awesome to them when he destroys all the gods of the earth. And you have to think about that. You think about the Philistines and the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Cushites down here, and uh, the Assyrians over here. And all the gods that they depended upon, they're where we get our strength. They're, they're powerful to us. And they're absolutely wiped out. And their gods are proven to be worthless. I, I believe that there is absolutely going to be a day when all the gods that man trusts today, all the things of power, all the things of riches, wealth, everything that man puts their trust in is going to show, prove to be false. It's not going to be powerful at all when God reveals himself. It's, that's, that's going to be an awesome day for you and I, those of us in Jesus. That will be an awesome day when he comes and proves himself that everybody else has, has, has ignored. That'll be a great opportunity. But on that day, when all that takes place, listen to what it says in the last part of verse 11. He said, distant nations will bow down to him, all of them in their own hands. So what it turns out is, is that distant nations are going to bow down to him. There's going to be worship, not just in Jerusalem. There's going to be worship other places. I think that's just a glimpse of hope and, and, and the thrill of what's going to take place. There's a reason for the returning of, of Judah. There's a re- reason the return. They returned. They never had the kingdom they ever had before. But in that circumstance where they were uh, once again back in Jerusalem, the Jews were there under Roman rule. But at just the right time, guess what? Jesus was born. Jesus was born. And it was Jesus who met with that Samaritan woman, you know, and that, that, that uh, conversation that they were have, able to have with each other. And, and she was saying, well, hey, listen, you Jews, there's such a difference between us. You Jews, you worship in Jerusalem. We, we worship on this hill. 
There's, there's such a separation. But, but Jesus said there will be a time coming when we worship in, in spirit and truth. No longer does location mean anything. And, and right there, there's an indication of how the door for salvation is wide open. This God who's going to display his wrath has a salvation that is available to this whole world. And, and the message is getting out. That's where the church stands. That's where we, we have to be bold in the face of, of the ugliness of this world to march into it. Not, not to, to correct all the immorality and things like that. Our, our great objective is to tell them about Jesus. The, the, the great objective that we have, the great privilege that we have, is to bear the name of Jesus. Is to tell the people of his saving grace that God, who wants, uh, who, the only reason we even exist today is for people to have the opportunity to repent, to, to turn around, to, to come, you know, to be able to seek after him. Again, uh, Josiah says, hey, seek after the Lord. For in, in Revelation, you know what it tells us to do? Be faithful. Be faithful. To those who are asleep in their faith, wake up! <laughs> and, and to those who have no faith, it's a time to, 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 to today embrace Jesus as your Savior. And to begin that life in seeking God in a relationship with Him. Oh man, it's a heavy message when we think about God's wrath. It's working in the world today. It's being displayed in everything that we see. The difficulties, the hurts, the things that you're afraid of. It is there. You can't hide from it. You can't run from it. There is going to be that final day. That final day of the Lord when he comes and he judges. He's looking for those who are seeking after God. He's looking for those who found him through Jesus. He's going to look for the faithful. So today, I mean... Am I burdened by, by the fear of what's happening in this world? Yeah. I'm not going to deny it. Yeah, absolutely. How do I make it through each day? Oh, man. His name's Jesus. His name's Jesus. Absolutely Jesus. Because he represents the love of God. He represents a relationship that we can have with him. And the world needs to know Jesus. So as, as we see the wrath of God working in this world, know this. The world needs to know Jesus. You need to know and seek after Jesus. Oh, man. We have a privilege. We have a privilege. Don't misuse the privilege you have of knowing who Jesus is and, and, and claiming him as your Savior. Know that we have a responsibility to bear that message to the world around us. Heavy? Was it heavy? It was, yeah. God's wrath is heavy. It still makes me weak in the knees and, and, and brings me to my knees. I want it to do the same for you. I want you to consider it is real and there is a day it's coming and with all my heart, I pray that we're all ready. I pray that we're all ready. Let's pray. Father in heaven, 
God, I praise you for your word. Lord, even the, even the difficult things to handle, Lord, I can't imagine being a part of Judah and knowing that destruction is coming and, 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 and running around, what do we do, what do we do? Uh, the only message was, okay, now seek God. Let's correct those things that we've been doing. Let's seek God. Let's humble ourselves before, before you. And that message, that, that's before us every day. Lord, for us to humble ourselves before you, to seek the righteousness. Lord, today we have that opportunity to seek the righteousness through Christ, that his blood was poured out for us, that in all the brokenness and all the ugliness and, and, and even the, the fleshly that we have to deal with on a daily basis, and we just feel weak, that we know that we could count on what Jesus did for us through his blood. We praise you, Father, for the forgiveness and, and the righteousness that we hold within us because of that precious blood. God, continue to strengthen us as your church to be a light to this world, to help everyone around us know that, that Jesus is the answer to the ugliness of this world. Jesus is the answer to the ugliness in my life. And we praise you for that message. Help us, Lord, to bear it with boldness. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.